Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Next show. Welcome to it. It is your big broadcast. Coast to coast. Order to order on iHeartRadio. We are going to go to our next guest who is going to join us here in just a few moments. But before we do that, let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. Fundly.com slash nursing dash home dash patient dash needs dash help dash ASAP. They're desperate for urgent help with life or death medical expenses. They're freaking out because they're running out of time and they haven't raised anywhere near enough so far. So please help if you can, either by donating any amount, no matter how small is a blessing, or by spreading the word about their plight, by sharing, posting, reposting, tweeting the fundraiser. Jared needs your help. He's bedridden. He's a 41-year-old male in New York in a nursing home. He's got a condition, and he needs your help. It has left him unable to walk or use a wheelchair. Screw all that crap. Let's just go to our guest. <laughs> we are going to go to our guest. She is going to join us here in just here. a few here. moments. Are you there? Yes, yes, I am here, my friend. Uh, we have got... Daniel is here, I am here, you are here, and the lady is here. Yes, and uh, my mouse just failed me, so I will have to... Uh... Uh, you gotta love technology. Uh, so, uh, Marion, you are amazing, my friend. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks Hello? for being with us today, my friend. Hi there. Welcome to the program. Hello. How are you? I'm keeping it together. <laughs> well, I'm glad somebody is. <laughs> I'm glad Hi. somebody is. So, so much, so much going on. I, time is collapsing and I, I don't know how to deal with it. Well, Miriam, uh, we have got a great guest with us today. Miriam Haney's with us. She's an investigative journalist. She's the director of the award-winning documentary film Vanishing of the Bees that takes a piercing investigative look at the economic, political, and ecological implications of the worldwide disappearance of the honeybee is edited again with the uh, George Floyd case from an investigative look. As the case is ongoing, Miriam has been tracking and researching uh, this George Floyd story from day one, unearthing buried information by scouring hundreds of articles, pulling court documents, covering the trial, conducting original interviews, connecting the dots. The death of George Floyd created social destabilization, and she is with us to discuss in depth as well as some of the events of COVID, and uh, she's amazing. Miriam, welcome to the broadcast. How are you, my friend? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jiggy James. Happy to be here. I have a lot of uh, info to share. Tomorrow is the two-year anniversary of George Floyd's death, and I will be conducting an exclusive interview with Maurice Lester Hall, his friend who was with him that day. And... Um, I can share how I pulled that out of my hat. <laughs> yes. Tell me and Dan, because uh, because I, I know Dan is Hi, always Dan. looking for secrets. <laughs> well, I uh, suspected that uh, Maurice was a snitch. There's a reverb. Uh, it, it, you're 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 good. It's probably just Skype. I'll, I'll I'll try to get it fixed. Go ahead and go ahead and keep talking, my friend. Go ahead and keep talking. We don't want to miss out on on anything you have to say, my friend. I suspected that, but it's 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 
effing me up because it's really loud. Okay, let, 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 let me see what I can do here. And uh, if it's me on my end, see if I can see if I can check, fix check, this. Check. Uh, I, I don't have a reverb. I, I, I don't know if anybody else has a reverb, but you're coming in loud and clear over the radio here, my friend, and on and on video. Okay. Um, I'll try to do this with hearing my voice. <laughs> so I suspected that Maurice Lester Hall was an informant, and uh, I've come across a cover-up within Cup Foods, and so I applied for a FOIA, and lo and behold, uh, I found that Maurice had been approached by the cops and that for even a hot minute was an informant. Yeah. Now, through that, I was able to get his cell phone number and called. He thought I was a reporter with the Washington Post that had requested to take pictures of him, so he started speaking to me and talking to me about my my crew and my team and also told me that he had some footage that he was trying to sell of him and George Floyd at Chuck E. Cheese. So I wow. not the Washington Post and uh, we've been speaking on and off and then he disappeared for two weeks. So I thought perhaps he had come across who I am and uh, didn't want to speak to me. And then out of the blue, he called and said that he was going to grant me an interview. And I suspected within those two weeks, well, I suspected that the reason why he would want to talk to me is because the system in some way, shape or form has effed him over. And yeah. that is the case. So tomorrow at 3.30 EST, we will be going live and... Uh, Maurice will be bringing to light a couple of things that have never been explored. Now, his version of the truth is not what my findings are, because I'm pretty sure that George Floyd um, died of an overdose. And so I say, would George have, did George help kill George if he hadn't resisted that day? Yeah. Would George have died had he not been on certain drugs? Would George have died if Derek um, had not put his knee uh, in the shoulder region? Now, I think we can all agree that it is a little bit bizarre that George, that Derek continued to hold him down after George was clearly passed out. I'm still entertaining the possibility that this was a sacrifice ritual. And perhaps, I don't know, perhaps George knew and he was told to say, I can't breathe 26 times, knowing that at one point it would be real. Perhaps he took the drugs to help kill him. However, being open to the truth, I have to pivot now that I have someone who does hold all the um, all the answers, really, when I told him I suspect that someone inside of Cup Foods is an informant, he agreed. When I spoke about the Mexican cartel, the call dropped, and when we got on the call again, we agreed not to mention any names tomorrow. We will not be mentioning specific names, although he and I will know who it is that we're speaking of. So this is, an, as a journalist, this is a amazing opportunity to land an exclusive because the main—I just want to set the, set the stage about Maurice. Yes. Okay. On June—Maurice skipped town. Okay. He had outstanding warrants. He okay. doesn't make any excuses for the fact, I think we can all understand, you don't want to go to jail if you're peddling drugs. Yes. So he left to Houston. He got arrested as a fugitive out of state. And the next day, the case was dropped. The, case, the charges were dropped. The case was sealed. And Maurice was found with the early beginnings of intellectual disability, a.k.a. a mental illness. Okay. And then the day after that, he was doing Good Morning America, like all crooks with mental illness do, <laughs> right? That's right. 
So from my perspective, having found that, I assumed that he had struck a deal with the government and he was going to be a key witness. What happened was that the prosecution changed their mind. And if for anyone that saw the trial of Derek Chauvin last year, he then was going to testify ostensibly he was going to testify on behalf of for Derek right he, the the, yeah. the Eric Nelson the attorney for Derek Chauvin placed a subpoena and he then pled the fifth I now understand he was like f that I'm not going to defend <laughs> Derek yeah and he's convinced that Derek overexerted his uh powers so this does bring in a, a different dimension to at least the findings that I've come across or what I've concluded, which is really a uh, Mexican cartel operation with money laundering and drug dealing. So, Dan, your thoughts on all this and any questions that you have for Marion? Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Um, I've, I've been um, reporting longer than you, you've been alive. <laughs> and um, um, I, I was fascinated to listen to what you were saying because what you have indicated is what we used to think reporters were supposed to do. And I have grave concerns that our schools of journalism in the United States are not turning out journalists. They're turning out propaganda people. And yes. and they don't know, I mean, I, I, I'll tell you a, a story that I'm working on right now. I, I write about, um, I write for about 35 different blogs. I write current events commentary. Uh, and I, I write a lot in gyms, whereas I suck up all the ink in the world, but maybe you get some of it too. Uh, but but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at COVID and I'm looking at it from the standpoint of uh, what, did the, what did the administration decide to do and why did they decide to do it? As a, as a grandfather, I have four small grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And this idea that we're going to shove this needle into my grandchildren's arms and not knowing what the long-term ramifications might be yes. to my grandchildren, their, their physical health or their mental health, and the fact that we've given the, the pharmaceutical companies immunity from being sued if things go bad, um, I just found out today mm-hmm. that of the 73 million children in the United States, they have are able to identify 700 children who have died. But what they cannot tell us is that the 700 children were pure COVID or that they had something else that they died from and they also had COVID. Right. Um, there are some journalists, true journalists, who have looked at this and say they can't find any evidence that any pure COVID deaths for children under 15 in the United States. Yet we are destroying our public education system, and we're talking about putting masks back on the children again and the teachers. Mm-hmm. And and yet the the vast majority of the media is saying nothing except to support the Biden administration's contention that we've got to put the mask back on. Um, there's an, another story that's not related specifically to your story, but it is an example of where the media has fallen down. Yeah. Last Friday in a courtroom in Washington, D.C., the campaign chairman of the Hillary 2016 campaign admitted under oath that Mrs. Clinton knew that the dossier was false, but ordered it to be done anyway. None of the major news networks, none have reported that story. Yes. So 
if journalists like you are out to seek the truth and to try and find out what's going on, we don't have what the, the founding fathers called the fourth estate right. effectively in the country. So are you writing independently of, of, of a, a publication? Are you writing for a publication? How do I'm you writing a book and I have a publisher, but sorry, were you finished? Didn't... No, I was just going to say, do you, are in your, in the story, like you're going to do tomorrow, do, yeah. do you, do you have a, uh, a blog or a news organization that's supporting you? Or are you doing this independently and are you working with anybody or for anybody? I um, am very independent. I used to write for all the mainstream magazines. I used to get $2 a word. I write for Activist Post. I write for free. I'm sick of writing for free. I've applied for food stamps. I had a million-dollar company. My beats, and I'm an excellent writer. I'm a gifted writer, and I am a gifted researcher. I look at things that people don't pick up. I'm very perceptive. And uh, I've been covering medical freedom since 2013, way before the Rona, which is why I knew this was coming. This is why I left and went to Costa Rica. I write for Vaxter, and I, I do get paid by Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Activist Post doesn't pay me. It's very sad when I used to get paid $2 a word and I have balls and I'm courageous and I'm intelligent. So it's been frustrating because I don't want to come off as a, a victim. But, you know, I was just having a conversation with someone that's helping me produce this this live stream tomorrow and they were telling me they're 25 and telling me about their rate and it triggered me because i am incapacitated i built from scratch a million dollar company which is honeycolony.com they came after me i'm a visionary in the future when i started making cbd in 2016 before martha stewart and kim fucking kardashian excuse my language <laughs> no, and everyone not. and their mother that is making crap so I got shut down by all the processors. I was on my way to be a $3 million company with no VC investment. And instead, I lost a quarter of a million dollars. I was, our magazine was getting half a million unique visitors a month before Google's medic update. So I certainly have a lot of colleagues such as Jiggy and, uh, a lot of influencers who have me on to share my findings. For instance, I've been keeping track of Charles Lieber from the get-go. I just and I, I've spent thousands of dollars on George Floyd out of my own pocket to make this happen to apply for FOIA. I own I own footage that no one on this planet has seen. And yeah. this is a historical event that was used to usher in the color revolution. And yet, despite making an award-winning film, instead the, the, the small group DocuLink that I would go to try to find an editor, they wanted to vote me off of the, pl of the platform because I'm a racist when I'm more brown than most of them. So it's, it's you know, I, I, I know it's like, oh, poor me. But when you wake up and your bank account is closed and Twitter is gone and Amazon is gone, they take away my books. It's like, and who's this chick? Who's this little Miriam? Because I also am standing here and saying, I'm 49 years old. I've reversed lupus. I've learned literally how to walk again. And I'm here to inspire you to treat your body like a temple. I'm also a functional medicine consultant and coach. So... You know, I would love to. I love to collaborate with others, and uh, it, it's a different landscape now. I don't know who to go to to just get paid just something for the energy that I pay my writers. I don't pay them much, but it's something to show an exchange, and we all need to live. And so, you know, Activist Post will run anything that I write. They, uh, they know the caliber of my work, but yet they don't have a budget, and uh, I can I still go ahead and write because I am a journalist through by through and through, and I actually really care, and I think that's why 
God, the universe, why I've manifested this interview. Because I'm not a prostitute or a parrot. And I've worked very hard to not tap out of this story. And it's going to be an amazing book. And I'm, I'm very, Logo Sophia had the courage to, to take me on after many publishers didn't have the balls or courage and turned me down. So that, that is, um, you know, I don't know what I've done wrong, Dan, um, to not make more of a living. I'm not doing a substack right now. I, I'm focusing on trying to finish the book. I'm also covering, you know, I was listening to the World Economic Forum today. I, I'm constantly covering the news to understand, um, you know, to be in the know of what's really going on. At, at this, I'm 80% done with my book, and it's, uh, I'm on the Derek Chauvin um, chapter, and I'll, I'll tell your audience and you that Derek served, he's a veteran. He served in at the military police. He served in Hovenfall, Germany. And he also, in 2004, did an eight-month stint at in Fort Benning. And Fort Benning is known as the School of Americas, but it's also known as the School of Assassins. So in 2004, he was a cop. In 2004, he was working at El Nuevo. So did he go for training? The combat training center in which he served in Hovenfall, Germany, is known as a combative training center for where you learn force-on-force -force training. And I believe that this event was also a duty to intervene live exercise. If we look, you know, Ever since Mike Pompeo on March 29, 2020, said, we're in a live exercise, and Trump says, should have told us. Ever since then, I've woken up to the to the fact that everything is an exercise. They're drills. They're constantly collecting data. They yeah. want to trace and track us to infinity. And just just in, in Billy Boy Gates's book that just came out, How to Avoid the Next Pandemic." Chapter seven is called practice, practice, practice. And there he discerns, makes a distinction between the different drills with the favorite one being full, full scale, as real as possible. So I, I covered the federal trial that just ended um, a couple of months ago of the three officers. And what came to, to mind was like, the, the training manual is under uh, is on trial they are they are using this and whenever you have a multi-jurisdictional event right if, if you have there's black men who are dying every single day and uh, you do not call the BCA which is the FBI Minnesota version of the FBI they called in the FBI they called in the MPD and they were at the scene till three in the morning. I, I have looked under every single rock in regards to this. I have watched the video hundreds of times. I can recite the, 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 the verbiage, the, the script, if you will. And if you see the trailer, it's very subtle. But at one point, if, if you're watching the footage, no one's paying attention to what's going on. And then Thou, two Thou, Thou, the Asian officer who is um, admitting to patrolling, doing the traffic control. He turns around, and you'll see this in the trailer because I play it three times. He goes around, and I just see all the who will be the bystanders, Donald Williams, Darnella, um, Charles McMillan, walk in unison. And so then I said, well, let me look at his camera, the Asian officer's camera. And you could see he does a little this, and they all move. It's very, very subtle. But I have shown it to Pete Santilli. He acknowledged that something's funky there. I was on with Red Pill 78, and Zach Payne also noticed uh, that it looks very funky. So, so I've really been in earnest trying to understand how this unraveled and what's real and what's not real, and I believe that they compartmentalize. I'll also say that I believe that some of the participants then fall for the LARP because it's like Reno 911. <laughs> and uh, I do not think 
sorry go ahead no 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 you're good you're you are you are on fire today my friends <laughs> we, we we have got a fantastic guest with us today now iq sitting here listening to uh to our good friend Miriam. Well, what do you have for iq you stole my own words <laughs> she is on fire <laughs> i love her i love her approach she is not humble she's like me she is not humble she says not it's humble. good. No, you're not. You shouldn't be humble. I am never humble. When I know subject, I know it 100%, not 99%, not 101%, 100%. And then I don't retract. I know my subject inside out. You know your subject. By the way, he would have died with, even without the pressure on his neck. Even the guy, the doctors who autopsied him, said exactly the same thing. He had enough in his body to kill him. But yes. this was a political move. It's nothing to do with justice. By the so, way, Miriam, ask James how many times I tell him, you have no justice in America. <laughs> Zero justice yes. in America. Ask so, him how many times. IQ, there's a, there's a reverb again, but um, speaking of the medical examiner, Andrew Baker, which they coerced and bullied, and I'm, I, I do believe that Maurice is being genuine with me when he says that he feels that Derek killed him. Of course, he's not going to admit that the drugs uh, killed him. But I'll tell you this, his gripe, if you... Okay, for two things. One, I suspected after interviewing Chris Martin, Chris Martin is the boy that took the 20 and wished that they had put it on his tab. And he went out twice to try to retrieve the cigarettes or the money. And he told me that they took a wrong turn, the ambulance. They did not, they performed load and go which if they really wanted to save him, they should have conducted CPR at that moment. Yes. So on one hand, yes. they blamed, on one hand, they blamed the bystanders for being rowdy, which is why they went and ended up on 36th and Park. And, they, and also in the same breath, they also said that the bystanders were more helpful than the actual cops because the cops were just found guilty of basically not doing enough and aiding and abetting, even though Thomas Lane literally did compressions, chest compressions. So Chris Martin told me that he believed George was dead and that everything that happened after the fact was for show. So I took it that he would know that someone would know when a body's uh, lost the spirit and it's been snuffed. Now, in the footage that I've acquired that no one has seen yet, there is a Middle Eastern man who sounds a lot like you, IQ, uh, behind um, Darnella who says he's dead already. So that's a second confirmation that he died and that everything afterwards was for show and, and why did they load and go? And why the average time that you spend to resuscitate someone is 20 minutes. They spent an hour trying to resuscitate yep. him, which just doesn't make any sense. Now, tons of people have said, oh, George is still alive. I've seen very bloated, disturbing autopsy pictures that I've purchased because I bought all the exhibits from the court, and I personally do not think that George Floyd is alive. Now, of course, I consider movie magic, and um, I don't dispute that, but I do not think, based on all my findings, that George lived. And there's, there's also two schools of thought. There's a school of thought that this was planned in advance. Now, they usually, I'm told by uh, false flag experts that they practice for about a year. Now, it's it so happens that almost a year to the day, in, in May 2019, George Floyd got arrested. This time, he swallowed oxy, uh, Mexican OxyContin, also made by the Mexican cartel, and ended up almost having an overdose, saying, Mama, and they could have said, hey, 
won't make you Rodney 2.0. You do that thing that you did, except say, I can't breathe. So that there is that possibility. And then there's other people like Joel Gilbert, who is the filmmaker behind the Trayvon Martin hoax, which I recommend, which shows beyond a shadow of a doubt that Benjamin Crump committed witness fraud and is an ambulance-chasing shyster instead of a civil rights attorney. Now, what Maurice recently told me, and, and you guys put yourself in this position— you you have a loved one that just passed away. Why did no one from the family ask to meet with Maurice? He says, even, you know, regardless of what they think, they think I'm a bad guy. Maurice was with him that day. And when George is on the ground, he says, tell, tell my kids I love him. And he says, mama, mama, which is possibly... Um, a cry to Courtney Ross, the supposed girlfriend. And then he says, Reese, I love you. Now, if you were to listen to all that happened with the lens of possibly he knew he was going to die if it was a self-sacrifice. But why did no one from the family reach out to Maurice? That is a little bit odd to me. Does it seem odd to you? Yep. Dan, I wanted to ask... Go. Uh, I, I just wanted to ask a question following up on something that you said a, a few moments ago. You talked about the involvement of the Mexican drug cartel. What was their purpose? What was their purpose in being involved in this? What were they trying to change or persuade? Or why, why do you think they were involved? I believe that there was a big money laundering operation involving El Nuevo Rodeo and Maya Santa Maria, and that things, they put a little damper on their operation because everything was shut down, and then they could no longer clean their money. And so... It's not their involvement. Either George, a three-time felon, was getting antsy because he wasn't making any money and possibly um, threatened to come out, and they said, no, you can't do that, and they could have sold him on this idea of making him Rodney 2.0. Oh, I also really believe that they used this event to get more needles in the arms of black men. I found an NIH study looking at the messaging of Black Lives Matter. They look to the messaging of Black Lives Matter because they know that the black people know that black lives don't matter. And that was a big thing to go from virus to violence. Now, is it just a coincidence that literally the next day we bring in the mask mandates? And as I put in my face diaper, what comes to mind is I can't effing breathe. And this is this is the logo. This is the slogan when this is also a circulate a recirculated slogan from 2014 when Benjamin Crump represented Eric Garner. And also yep. he said, I can't breathe 11 times. So is that just coincidence? Is all of this just a series? They're just repurposing you know, the low. They're just repurposing things. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so repurposing. Repurposing this. So, so someone like Maurice, like for instance, Chris Martin, he, I asked him, okay, so when you were a witness, did, I was just curious, did they have to nostril rape you? Did you have to go and do tests to go into the courts? And he said, no. And then he volunteered and he said, in any case, I'm not getting a vaccine. He has no idea who I, who I am in my position. And I said, oh, that's good. Why is that? He goes, he said, it's a little too new world order for me. So, but at the same <laughs> time, awesome. so this boy is aware of, of, of the new world order. However, because he's, he's experienced racism and he's experienced forms of police brutality, then he wouldn't go to the extent to think that this was planned. That's too beyond the notion. So Maurice, who's been a victim of the system, so now they're holding his kid and the, the baby mama gave their rights away. He doesn't want to give his rights away. He has two beautiful children. He can't find—no one will hire him. The people that are close to him think that he's a bad guy because of what came out in the trial, because he—I he, found in the FOIA document 
he has a tattoo that says block bleeder. And I was like, what's, what's that? What's block bleeder? So block bleeder is a 24 seven hustler that will relieve his community by selling them drugs. Wow. Because, because this has happened when they released him and they, they sealed the case and they said that he was going to be a key witness. He went to a place called Miniger, which is a top, a top um, rehab for severe PTSD. He was found to have severe PTSD. And my point is, does the system really care about black lives? Um, and is it possible that certain participants don't know the extent? So I shared my trailer with Derek Chauvin's appeal lawyer. He wrote to me and said, wow, this is good. I want to see the rest of it. And I said, yeah, I want to see the rest of it too. I raised a million dollars to make my film. I'm not able to raise $15,000 just to pay an editor and to cover my costs. I'm not trying to profit off of this, but I'm not even able to, I'm having a hard time to, to do that. So when I got on the phone, Joel and I spoke to the attorney I know way more about this case than the actual attorneys. And then I called the attorneys for for Thomas Lane before Earl Grey struck a deal. I have spoken to Earl Grey and Thomas Plunkett and uh, Natalie and Robert Polly, who represent Tutau. And I told them I have evidence that uh, there's an informant, and uh, they have not responded. So why why is it? Why is it that they wouldn't? Is this a show trial? Because people don't realize there's 3,000 bills, legislation in motion, changing the face of policing. All the good cops have left. So who's left the bad cops? I, I really believe that M Minneapolis is very corrupt, that there were police officers that were working with— uh, with the Mexican cartel. There were 16 cameras in El Nuevo. Unfortunately, it burned down. Unfortunately, Precinct 3 burned down. I set out to try to find the link between how, how can I prove Mexican cartel, El Nuevo, Derek Chauvin. So there was one article that I found in, um, in the Wayback Machine because, by the way, Derek, Derek won a lot of awards, and he had won an award, a medal of, of commendation, um, of valor, and yeah. it was involving tackling a, a guy after, like, 2 a.m. outside of El Nuevo, and in one, in one article, which was um, archived, there was mention of gangs. So I'm like, oh, okay, is it the Sinaloa? Hell yeah, it's the Sorenio 13. So when I applied for the actual police document, under appearance, which is where you would put tats, tattoos, that give away allegiance to which, um, which gang, they had scrubbed that out. They had scrubbed out the name of El Nuevo. And so I was wow. like, huh, is the, are the cops helping to cover this up. And in fact, there was a uh, reprimand against El Nuevo. She was no stranger to cops meddling in her things, which, by the way, Cup Foods is also no stranger to the cops, cops meddling, because there's gangs there, there's the bloods. So they found no connection between the person outside this boy that was from Mexico and was part of the Sureño 13 and the club. There was one guy in the city council that didn't buy it and pushed further, but ultimately there wasn't any proof. Now, who is Maya? Maya, I found a clip in Spanish early on where she says it was a sacrifice. And she literally, she, she pauses and she adds the word literalmente. She says it was just like Nancy Pelosi says it's a sacrifice. She says it was a literal sacrifice. So it's 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 such a it's such a fascinating case. Just as a book to read, if you're into whodunits. Wow. I mean, I grew up reading Alfred Hitchcock and Hardy Boys and and loving <laughs> mysteries. I mean, it, it is a fascinating case. So so Dan. 
let me go back to your your representation a few moments ago when you were talking about sacrifice. Um, when you use the word sacrifice, can you define how you use it and what it means when you use the word sacrifice? Yes. Yes. So I'm looking at, I've been looking into Freemasonic cornerstone rituals where there is a self-sacrifice, where, you know, symbolically, I would say both these men, Derek and George, are dead, one literally, one figuratively. And somehow it's supposed to absolve the sins of all the true cases of police brutality and racism. And by the way, Keith Ellison went at the end of the Derek Chauvin trial and gave, went on 60 Minutes and gave a big F you to the world by admitting that this had nothing to do with race. So IQ also, has has brought that up on a few occasions. Uh, I, IQ, your, your, your take on uh, Keith Ellison there, my friend. Well, he's a Muslim. By the way, Maryam, yes. I am the foremost authority on Islam in the world. Okay. And that's not a brag. Just like what you said about yourself, I'm telling you about myself. Yes. Google my name, El Rasuli, and it will blow your mind. <laughs> I will make an exception and use Google. And I will, <laughs> I will make an now exception. As you're talking. <laughs> okay. A L R A I see it. I see it. I see it. Well, just, just to, she she brought up Keith Ellison. Was, she brought Keith sorry. Ellison up there. Uh, I IQ your your take on Keith Ellison before before I let her continue here. Keith Ellison is a Muslim. He's a traitor. Every Muslim in America is a traitor. Why are they traitors? Because the Quran makes them traitors. It instructs them. Any Muslim who believes in Muhammad and his Allah God, his God Allah can only be a traitor in America, a traitor among Christians, a, a traitor among people who are not Muslim. The Quran forbids the Muslim from ever being a loyal citizen among kuffar. Who are the kuffar? Non-Muslims. Islam is 20%, non-Muslims are 80%. 20% of humanity is the eternal and mortal enemies of 80% of humanity. And half a million dollars says, there is not a single person who can say, IQ, you're lying. <laughs> Take it. Half a million. So, Miriam, uh, c continue, and then I know Dan's got some questions for you. Yeah, I do have a follow-up question, uh, Miriam. Yes, thank you. I, I want to finish your, your just defining the, the ritual, the sacrifice. So yes. Yes. there's Good. also the Mexican... The, the Mexican cartel has uh, Santa Muerte, so they also basically worship a saint of, of death. And, and so that's what I mean, some type of absolving. There were a lot of symbolic, Freemasonic symbolism. And so people say, Oh, you know, it, that, I mean, people like that aspect. They love symbols and talking about Freemasons. But as far as being as a journalist, you know, I mention and I say it all, but but I am, I'm not able to prove anything. I can tell you that Benjamin Crump is part of the boule. I can tell you that the building El Nuevo 1908 is a iconic Oddfellows building. Oddfellows was, there were Freemasons that were also Oddfellows, but it's not, and they look at the same rituals as above, so below. There is this theme of twins all over, whether it's, you know, I have a chapter called Tale of Two Autopsies. There's the twins, Stephen Jackson. This happens in the Twin Cities. Of course, then they used 846, which was the time that the North Tower was hit. And then they realized that it, well, they said it wasn't 846. And there's an actual city member that says, oh, that doesn't matter. Meanwhile, people were laying down and paying homage for eight minutes and 46 seconds with their face diapers on the dirty street, and it wasn't even 846. So, so there's... The, they say that the riots broke out on 33rd Street, Squad 330. When you look at George Floyd's old address in Houston, there's one address, 3333. The building 
of the the office where, by the way, Basim, who is also Muslim, who really owns that, who owned that building, it was at three three zero three Lake. So there's thirty threes all over there, suggesting, and these are hermetic properties of so as above, so below. So do they use animals or do they use real people? Um, and of course, look at how huge this was. You know, they were paying homage to George Floyd, uh, a, cr a criminal, and, and giving him sainthood as far as Kenya. So, Dan, j jump in there, my friend. You s you're not—let um, me—how can I say this? You're not openly suggesting, but kind of indirectly suggesting that there is a— relationship between the Muslims and the cartel. Oh, yes. Yes. So what I, do you I, what do you believe? I mean, it, uh, IQ has, has trained me well. Um, <laughs> I, I'm trying I'm trying to figure out why uh, why the Muslims who hate anybody who isn't a Muslim would uh, establish some type of a relationship with the cartel. Um, I have to answer it. I have to answer it for you. Go ahead. The cartel is a criminal organization. Islam is a criminal organization. A Muslim Brotherhood. Thank you. You've got to understand something. In Islam, a Muslim can murder, slaughter, rape, plunder anybody who is not a Muslim. Right. I, I had a priest. I had a priest in England and a priest in America asking me exactly the same question. The priest was asking me, why are Muslims converting, you know, why are prisoners converting to Islam in the prison system? And not the, the priests are not succeeding. I said, simple. The Quran is music to the ears of criminals. Full stop. I don't yep. have to add more. So, so why would, what do you think of the fact that the family and their $47 million, why they wouldn't extend any concern or regard for Maurice. If the people, if people just, I don't do this, like I can totally understand he's doing what, you know, I, I, I would have more compassion for a drug dealer, a drug user, um, and someone that now wants to, to turn over a leaf and do a good thing and yet doesn't have, no one wants to give him a job. He doesn't want to go back to peddling drugs because his best friend um, died. So even though he doesn't admit to it, the fact that the family won't talk to him, there's, there's acknowledgement that drugs were involved. This George almost OD'd in March alone. He was in, in the hospital twice for near OD. And, uh, what you can see on tape that Maurice has hella, a lot of money. Someone within Cup Foods, they're Palestinian Arabs, they're Muslims. Three of them, <laughs> three, three of them uh, basically told me to F off. For whatever reason, one of them, um, he and I have talked many, many times. And he's, he told me he thinks Maurice is a, is a snitch. When I told him I, that's what my—before I had proof. Um, but I believe that someone within Cup Foods is an informant. The reason there's a camera across the street is because Cup Foods has gotten in trouble many times because of all the drug—because it's in gangland. And people who know about the police know that on a certain level there's some cops that work with the gangs and that are dirty. So— did someone he they were there earlier that day and this will come to light more tomorrow i was told that he tried to buy a laptop with some fake money maurice says that's not true they gave him 185 dollars in change and uh so is someone inside cup foods set them up and also why did they go after george when the guy was tried to buy something supposedly with fake uh, cash. Something doesn't add up, but I can tell you that the media kept 
you know, how I found this cover-up is by asking the question, who made that 911 call? And then I found out that the 911 call by Donald Williams, uh, the black MMA fighter who is seen saying over and over again, you're a bum, bro, you're a bum. And Genevieve, who was a rookie in a lot of these drills, there's tons of rookies in this scenario. She just happened to be there that day. They had their 911 calls released during the trial. I found out that in Minnesota, it so happens there's a statute that the person has to be the one to release the call. So by asking myself with Joel Gilbert's guidance, because I'm in the deep bowels of this story and very few people can appreciate the details, that by asking questions I and looking at the tape over and over again and reading the transcript, by reading the 911 transcript, I was like, young kid, doesn't speak English, okay. And then I looked at the video and I was like, that's the kid that made the call. And they lied about the manager being there. So there's a certain cover-up and I believe, yeah, that 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 would. Was he set up? Was he set up? If it wasn't Maurice, and Maurice is telling the truth, and his only crime is that he's a drug user and a drug dealer. I'm not saying only. I'm I'm not dismissing it, but. He told me that he's never had any gang affiliations because they said he was dressed in red, and so maybe he was um, affiliated with the Bloods, but it was also Memorial Day, so he could have been dressed in red to celebrate America. Dan. Let me me ask you a quick question. Where is this going? What what is your your exit strategy? Where, where, Where is this story going to end for you and you move on to the, your next adventure when i finish this book <laughs> i trust me i i want to move on to the next adventure but i i need to finish i need to finish the book i'm 80 percent finished the book where is this going because i've been conducting an actual investigation while i've also been writing and why am i so obsessed I mean, at this point, I want to finish something that I've started, and I'm also putting out a documentary, um, a short documentary, nothing like Vanishing of the Bees. I don't know if that answers your question. Sort of. Um, so There's a trial. It's coming out in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to be covering that, too. The um, So you have a publisher for your book? Yes, Logo and there, I, I know a little bit about publishing books. I've written a number, and um, uh, I, th- I think the, in some respects, writing the book is the easiest part. The more difficult part is trying to have it edited, and and the publisher want to verify. It. It's, I would assume it's something like your, he or she wants to verify the, uh, the authenticity of what you're representing in the book, and that's that's going to take some time and. There'll probably be some back and forth between you and them, but um, have you ever published anything with this printer publisher before? No. No. Everything. There's tons of photos. There's tons of links. I illustrate everything that I say for proof. And um, so, yes, that surely I, I welcome the fact checking. They've been they've been editing a couple of the articles that I've written for activist posts during the federal trial, so they're aware. I'm also a professional editor, so my copy is pretty tight. But yes, there will have to be edits. I, I do I think duplicate things that will have to be cleaned up. Are you basically telling me that I have another year ahead of me? <laughs> I just finished, uh, to give you an idea, I just finished a, uh, uh, a historical novel called Abraham Lincoln and the Second Assassin, okay? Okay. Four and a half years to write it, and over a year to edit it. So five and a half years, and it's just now getting published. So. Um, uh, Good luck you, to you. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> to me, I'm saying, yeah. I mean, it took me five years to make Vanishing of the Bees, and it's been two years that I've been researching this. So maybe you got three years to go, huh? 
<laughs> right. Well, may, maybe you can you can help uh, give me a little bit of peace of mind because I've been killing myself to try to finish the book in two months to tie it with the trial that's coming out, the, the state trial, which was going to be of three officers, but Thomas Lane has uh, struck a deal so that he doesn't have to go through this again. He has a baby on the way. Mm, and I've, I've had to just, in the last few days, just come to terms with, I'm not going to finish in two months. And, and I've been just really killing myself because there's so many distractions I am making advances. I learn something new every single day about this case. It's fascinating. But but, but let me ask you a question about the process, uh, just briefly. Um, thank you. Do you know? Sometimes when authors write a book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, the most difficult part to write is the end of the story. Mm -hmm. And when you say you're 80% done, how do you know that there's only 20% left? I have an outline. Uh, I have the chapters laid out. I have all the notes. It's just my process is I've been amassing, amassing, amassing notes. And uh, I'm not like people are like, so what happened? Th this is... I'm, I'm I'm showing the different parties involved. It's a multi-layered psyop examined. Only in the end will I give my theory or a few theories on what really happened. I mean, I came across a quote that says these, with these false flags, you, you'll 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 never find the placement of the smoke and mirrors. So in my case, I say, well, that's too late because I did become obsessed with it. So I do have a general, what I am grappling with is how to, you know, the, this trial is coming up. I might go to Minneapolis because I feel someone told me if you really want the truth, basically for, with, with emphasis on the relationship between George and Derek, that no one's going to talk to me. I know that people confide in me and that I'm able to to get truth out of of people, so maybe be going there. But I'm going to have to cover this trial, and that's going to put the writing on pause, even though it's actively doing research. So I have to figure out how to position this coming trial in the book, if that makes sense. No, it makes all the sense in the world, because it's a, it's a big part of the outcome of the story that hasn't been told yet, and you can't write it until it happens. Yep. Right. I've I've written to Derek Chauvin in jail. I doubt I'll ever hear back. I did find someone who was helping a girl saw my trailer who was helping with the gives and go and she came across some footage that she didn't know about and she then shared it with the lawyer before I contacted him and then I asked her if I could speak to Carolyn, the mom, and um she said no, and she blocked me. So I found that interesting because I said, well, the mom doesn't have to talk to me. I'll do the talking. I have things to say. <laughs> and so so, so they, they blocked me. So when you look at Derek, he's a ghost. The fact that the government put out a 79-page personal file publicly, I found in my career, maybe you could tell me if you've come across that. Dan, that the government puts out this, you know, and then I tried to, you know, Derek graduated as a cook. So he, yep. and, you know, from cook to crook, he, he ended, he ended up going into law enforcement, but nobody would go on the record. Not only one person who was his military officer who told me that Derek was 19, but when I did the math, he was 23. And they talk about these two active training in Rochester, Minnesota and uh, Hovenfeld, Germany, but no one mentions what he did in Fort Benning. Um, so the fact that he's kind of a ghost, I was like, was, was this guy activated into existence for this mission? W was he also an a trained assassin? He has two other fatalities, at least two under his belt. Um, he also won several medals when he was in military as well. 
So it, it, that, yeah, the story is not is not finished. I do believe there's, like I said, things that have happened that I feel like I'm destined to do this. And I, I don't say that in a grandiose way, but the fact that someone put me in touch with Chris Martin, the fact that I'm speaking to Maurice, the fact that I, I have his social security number and I own George Floyd's debt. So George Floyd technically owes me $20 because I gave $20 to Cup Foods and uh, I adopted his debt so that I could look into his social security number and it not be illegal, although I have not been able to find anyone to help me do a search. Well, this has been a fascinating hour. Uh, before we let everybody go, I want to start with IQ. IQ, uh, give us your thoughts on today's show and uh, amazing, how we get a hold. Amazing, amazing. I love this girl. That's it. <laughs> Passion. The, the, listen, there aren't many women or men who are willing to take what she's doing. You have the most corrupt system in America of so-called what do you call it, reporters? You don't have reporters. You have pimps and whores. You don't have reporters. <laughs> News actors is 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 what 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 I prefer. Because I know and pimps parents. and whores, and they they have a lot more uh, standards than uh, journalists. You know what? I agree with you. <laughs> I have to apologize now. <laughs> no, you're good. So uh, IQ, how do we get uh, your books and everything, my friend? It's all you have to do is Google my name, El Rasuli, A-L-R-A-S-S-O-L-I, and enjoy it. So, Dan, g give me your sure. thoughts on today's show, my friend, and, and everything. Well, it was inter it's interesting. I, I was thinking as we were finishing up, um, you may not know the ending of the book because the trial hasn't been completed, but you may find that after the trail is discovered, you're discovered in the trail as a result of the trial, mm -hmm. you may have to rewrite the book. Well, I had, I had that happen to me. I finished the book and my publisher read it and said, no, <laughs> it's the wrong point. And I had to go back and literally rewrite it again. So all I'm saying is that you put an enormous amount of work in uh, and you you say um, eighty percent done, and you got twenty percent to to go. But you may find yourself when you whether you go to the trial or not. But as you gain information from the trial, your perspective or your thoughts or ideas may change, and that causes you to say, "Wait a minute, I got to go back and take a look at my work and see if it's consistent all the way through." I mean, I, yeah, I've seen that. I've I've experienced that. And I talked to a lot of writers who said it's not where it didn't end up the way I thought it was going to end up, and I had to go back and and rewrite stuff. Um, I I admire your tenacity and your your attention to de detail. Uh, I am very much uh, if I spent a thousand hours on a book, I'm probably spend five hundred hours in research because I believe the more you research, the more you can bring the story to life and you can bring stuff to people that they had never thought about. So I wish you all the luck in the world and uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing your book whenever it comes out. Thank you, Daniel. I, I appreciate that from a veteran, real journalist. I, I will say that given that I covered the federal trial and by the way, when I called a journalist an NBC journalist, he said, my boss told me not to speak to people like you, <laughs> independent journalists. I did. Um, so so oh. I don't think personally that something will come out that I don't know in this trial. However, speaking to Maurice has, I was like, oh, well, all my theories have just gone out the window. So I will not be writing the whole book because it's very juicy and awesome. But when I get to the end, I mean, I will have to have now a chapter all about Maurice and happy to say, well, I was wrong on this or wrong with, with that. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I take what you have to say. There's only two journalists that are allowed. They're not going to televise the, the uh, trial. So I have to see if I can even get in there. Um, Good luck to you. 
Yeah, yes. thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, James. Thank well, you, Well, Miriam, you, you are amazing, my friend. Thank uh, you. I, I love having you on the show. I know that every, the last time we had you on, we had IQ with us, and I knew that IQ would be excited today. Yeah, uh, I was to, looking to forward be, to, to be chatting to with you as well. Um, Miriam, before we let you go, how do people get in touch with you online and support your efforts and, and everything? Yes, I don't know if you can... Please link the give, send, go. I am looking for support just to pay the editor and cover the costs of all. I, I just really appreciate it. I'm also giving an advance. You know, you can get a free copy if, if you give a certain amount. You can find me on Gab. I'm Lady B. And uh, you can find out, if you want to read about Charles Lieber, I would invite people to check out um, the Tenpenny Report, which was formerly Vaxter.com by Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Um, this man is uh, trying to walk away free, a free man, after unleashing a Pandora's box of nanotech, like cyborg heart tissue. So so you can find me on Lady B, and uh, you can, I'll put out my email, Mariam, M-A-R-Y-A-M, at honey colony.com and you can buzz on over to honeycolony.com which is my magazine and marketplace and use be lady to get 15 percent off be lady so thank you well you are amazing i would love to do this thank once you. a month if we can oh i would love you that are, I would love you that. are just a fountain so my, of information my, my, my friend blabbing <laughs> no 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 i'll tell you one of the things about this show is we let the guests talk and dan and iq always have great questions and i i do as well and uh, this has been fantastic so uh Miriam, Thank thanks you. for doing this and dan i will talk to you next tuesday and iq i'll talk to you on thursday my friend take care i appreciate you all thank you god bless it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. thank you same here bye -bye. thank you bye -bye. Bye -bye. thank you bye. there she goes she is amazing and uh wow good stuff kids uh we are going to uh see you next time thanks for joining us and uh get our podcast on iheart radio with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.